Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Great People Show. I am your host, J.J. White, and in The Great People studio with us again, as always, James Muncy. Welcome back, James. Good morning, JJ. Not, Welcome back not, to you. Not like back back. You were here last week. I was here last week. But you week. weren't here the week before. I know. We're not, you keep on reminding me, we man. Don't, I'm sorry. We don't come here during the week. So That's true. I only see you once a week, sometimes twice a week, if we're, you know, really into it. And yeah. If we're really into each other. Yeah, I don't know. We haven't seen each other outside the show in the last couple of weeks. We get busy. Everyone gets busy. <laughs> we do. Busy, 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 busy. We do. Busy. Well, it's hard to stay focused. Are you focused? Are you focused this morning? I, as much as I can be. I know. I know you had a long night last night. But, you know, a lot of people, uh, focus is, is probably not my strong point. Why not? Because I, I, I'm sort of ADD. I am ADD. I was sort on, of? actually, I was medicated for many years. Were you? That. Yeah. I How long like, were you medicated? Well, I, I just, I just decided to give it up because <laughs> I didn't like who I, seriously, I didn't like who I, who I was when I was, uh, on the, uh, on the Adderall. Yeah. Um, but it's not really, I have trouble focusing on, on anything. Yeah. It's been a struggle my whole life. So you have to focus on something though. Like you, you, you have to, you're a human being. There has to be some sort of focus. Well, I think that's true, but I think that we can also sometimes focus on multiple things at the same time, mm. which is called distractions. Bouncy, bouncy. And yeah. that is where we can't be. I know we're getting into all this today. That's where we can't be as successful. Yeah. Well, thank you all for being here this morning, whether you're listening to us on live radio at 97.7 FM in Richmond, Facebook Live at facebook.com slash show, or on Apple Podcast. Hit subscribe when you get there. Thank you for being here and allowing us to be part of your journey to the truest version of you. So have you, you know, we're talking about focus. Have yeah. you been watching the Olympics? I have. You know, even though it happens every two years, you always forget how absolutely incredible it's wild. it is to watch those athletes. It's amazing. And we love, the whole family sits, Catherine will uh, will DVR it. So, you know, if it, there's stuff that after the kids' bedtime, we can watch it the next day with the kids because the kids are fascinated with it. Yeah. How about you guys? My kids, for some reason, and I don't know why, we have, as many people do with small children, you have this routine. And we have a, a TV up in our den where we all sit and watch just a little bit of TV while they eat their snacks. So... For some reason, our, our our Comcast box isn't working. Like, you have to sit there and type. You can't voice control it. You have to type <laughs> in what you want to watch. So we've basically kept it on the same station for a long time because it's too much trouble. I wouldn't want to see you have to type into a remote. It's very, so. it's, the, the struggle is so real. Yeah. And um, for I think it's on CNBC or one of these other, maybe it's NBC Sports. The only thing on every single night when we go to bed is curling. <laughs> so the, I think the kids truly believe the only sport in the Olympics is skiing and curling. And, curling. <laughs> and it's uh, so maybe one maybe one of them will end up being a curler because they think it's amazing. But I've been to an Olympics before. Have you ever been to an Olympics? No. Okay. No, so I've when not. when the Olympics was in Atlanta in 1996, mm -hmm. on a whim, I was much younger, had no responsibilities in life. A buddy I work with who had a sister in Atlanta, on a Friday afternoon, said, "Hey, what are you doing tonight?" I'm like, "I have no plans. What are you doing this weekend? Nothing." Hey, man, you want to drive to Atlanta and go to the Olympics? I'm like, let's do it. So we drove to the, to Atlanta to, to watch the Olympics. It was the Summer Olympics, obviously. Right. And I was, you just cannot fathom the level of focus these people have in, in person. But just to see them in person, TV doesn't do it justice. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because when you and I were talking earlier this week on the phone, and I was like, you know, if I had one word to describe what I think when I watch these athletes, it's just, it's it's they're focused. It's unbelievable. I, mean, I, I don't know how you, I because I'm not capable of that, or I don't think I am. I don't know how you can dedicate your mind to so intensely focusing 
on one thing. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, I, I've, I've got a lot to say about focus. And when, when I reached out to you to talk about this week's show, I said, I want to do something about the Olympics. And you immediately said focus. Like yeah. it was just like within seconds you said it. So I started thinking really hard about this word. And, and I, I started to realize when you hear the word focus in its nature, it's a very selfish word. To me, it can be defined as bring attention to oneself and keep it there as long as possible. Don't let the distractions in, which can be seen as anything not involving the self. Just stay focused on you. When you went to social, when we went to social media on Monday, we asked a simple question, what causes you to lack focus? We heard it all. Facebook, Netflix, ADD. Mm-hmm. Some people even said they're medicated for not being able to focus, being disorganized, trying to do too much. One answer I was surprised I didn't see was just the word me. And this shocked me because we are so consumed with ourselves. There were a couple that came close, especially our friend Nat Pham, who said 100% conviction in my divine purpose. Now that is ownership in the problem right there. I'll wager that the only reason we can't really focus as much as we'd like is because we aren't focused on the right thing. That focus is actually not about us at all, but we have to travel a winding path to get here today because we're going to talk a lot about focusing on ourselves first. Many of you listen to The Great People Show to focus more on you, and that's great. We're glad you're here. But let's not lose the real message that is in the foundation of our program. Being great and finding greatness isn't about focusing on you. It's about focusing on others, which at its core may be one of the hardest things you have to do. So so let's talk about focus, James. And what do you feel about how I laid this out? Like that essentially focus is selfishness defined. That is that is not the way that I have ever thought of focus before. Okay. I feel like uh, I feel like that's almost a when you started there. I, honestly, I thought it was a bit of a negative connotation uh-huh. on on focus, and I I don't think of focus as being self centered. I think of focus as being in, intently directed at one thing which you need to commit yourself to. Okay, whether that be and and we are capable of focusing on multiple things, not simultaneously. The less things we choose to focus on in life, I think the better we will do at the things that we mm-hmm. do focus True. on. I agree. Um, but whether you're focusing on on something within your career or focusing on your family uh, or focusing on an athletic sport mm-hmm. or a hobby, some mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's when I think of focus, That's those are the sorts of things mm-hmm. that I think of. And we're talking about the Olympics. And... They have to be focused. Right. They have to be focused in ways that you and I cannot cannot fathom. And just think about some of their paths. And we know many of the athletes have full-time jobs. Some don't. Some are, are much younger. I actually had uh, a gentleman that used to work for me that was, one of his goals was to be on the skeleton team in this Winter Olympics. And he worked for me part-time. And he, he didn't make it. I mean, it's it's, it's just to be a part of the early stages of, of his development was just amazing. Just mm to watch what he had to do every single minute of the day, which was watch what you eat, uh, watch what you, you know, how much you sleep, watch absolutely everything, every minute of the day, knowing that if he just takes an hour off, if he takes a day off, heaven forbid, he takes a whole week off, that was going to easily separate him from making it and not making it. Yeah. Because... You can only control what's in yourself. That's where that focus comes from. It's controlling my habits. It's controlling everything. And I, I've talked a lot on this show. 
really we talked mostly about it around New Year's because of the resolution thing. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the the focus that's necessary. And I, I jotted down a few things here. We may talk about these whenever we come back in a little bit, but certainly I want to throw these out here right now. Um, that there's a reason why we are are less focused. And and this is this is my list. This is just what I came up with. So I'd be curious if you if you have any you know additions to it or or anything that the least focused people probably possess these three traits or these, these traits, they lack good goals, right? If you don't have something that you're, you're wanting to reach, whether it be in a year from now, or even by the end of the day, these don't have to be like huge goals. These can just be something I I want to get this done for a day. Right. Well, the focus isn't going to come natural. If there's nothing to focus towards, there is no focus. Um, are, are too focused on the big picture. I see people that are just, their heads are in the cloud. Mm-hmm. There, there's just, it's too big. It's too long-term. It, it's it's too nebulous yeah. to get really focused in on. Uh, and, and there's going to be more that we talk about in the show. When we come back from break, we're, we're talking about focus. We're talking about the Olympics. And, and stick with us, folks, because we're also, at the end of today's show, we're going to be talking about one of the focused man, men I've ever met who recently passed away yesterday, Billy Graham. So don't leave us. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show will be right back. Now back to The Great People Show. So we're talking about focus. And number three on this list that uh, we came up with on the least focused people, people probably possess these traits. They don't know what it takes to accomplish the right things each day. I, I used to be this way. I've spent, I think, most of my life this way. And I... I see most other people dealing with this is you literally wake up and you have a task list. You know what you need, need, need to accomplish, but most people really don't know what it takes every single day to be successful in this life or accomplish the bigger goals or be where you want to be, whatever you want to. I I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. It's kind of like just throw your sail up and see where the wind blows you. Mm -hmm. And they let other people. And I, and I also hear, Oh, you know, I'm not in control of my day. Uh, in my job, everyone else controls my day. So, well, you know, that's that's your decision. Um, enjoy being distracted. I think a lot of people enjoy being distracted. It's stimulating. It, yeah. it keeps them busy. makes them feel important. Absolutely. I mean, and, and enjoying being distracted could mean when you're at work and you have plans, but your coworkers, your boss, your subordinates need things from you and being distracted could mean you're spending too much of your day looking at your phone, mm-hmm. Facebook, and mm-hmm. whatever. It's stimulating. It, yeah. It's, it's chemically stimulating to not be very focused, even though we love that. I love that feeling after I've been focused for a while and got a lot of things done. I know. It's just, ah, I know. It's the peace. And then it starts all over again. Number five, you don't understand your energy patterns. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of research out there and it's a little different for everybody. But if you just look at the, read the research, you can pretty much identify for yourself. Are you a early morning person, mid morning person, late afternoon per- person? They say, I think it's uh, mid afternoon is the lowest point of energy for just about everybody. Yeah, I would. I it, it certainly is for me. But then sometimes I will get a a huge second win, and I will stay at my office some nights until you, you know eleven p.m. No, I do not. Pop yeah, I get this massive stimulus, <laughs> and I don't know. It's always tied into me drinking Red Bull. I, it's it's yeah. the weirdest thing ever. Uh, and the other one that that we put here is uh, we don't know how to rest. Yeah, that it's yeah. it's it's cool to not get but five hours of sleep a night and to plug and chug through the night. But studies, science, eight hours, even if even if you have to lay there, you have to have really eight hours to keep your body fresh so that you can focus throughout the rest of the day. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. This is a big thing. Um, earlier, we were talking about the Olympics and just the sheer amount of focus that's necessary 
to be successful at, at the Olympics. And I found through um, a friend of the show, Chris Jones, he forwarded this video on of a U.S. Olympic gold medal skier, Michaela Schifrin. You, you may have been watching her in the Olympics. Uh-huh. She's She just turned 22. She won a gold at, um, uh, how do you pronounce it, the Olympics that were in, in Moscow. Um, oh, uh, um, yeah. Yes. Yes. That one. In Russia, not Moscow. It was not in Moscow. No, it was in Russia. It was, right. Geog- I'll think of it in a minute. Yeah, okay. Uh, do you know what asked Sochi. Sochi. Good job. Go. Yeah, Sochi, I guess, right? Yeah, we'll okay. go with that. Um, and she had an interview about how she thinks about her level of focus in the Olympics. Because what we don't usually see outside of those two weeks every four years is mm-hmm. the day-to-day that they have to go through. So so let's listen to this, a snippet of this interview from Michaela. Nerves and anxiety for me have started creeping in more and more because I'm starting to realize how important it is to me to be the best ski racer in the world. And also there's a very good chance that somebody else just put in an ounce more effort and they might be the reason that I never see that dream. It's something that creeps into my mind. She began seeing a sports psychologist who introduced her to a simple affirmation that Michaela wrote in marker on her gloves. Two words, I am. She helped me realize some things about how I shouldn't pay attention to what other people's expectations are of me, but more pay attention to the things that I feel when I'm skiing, just saying I am good, I am strong, I have worked hard, just I am here and I want it. I am. You can literally imagine her as she is preparing for her day, just consistently, repetitively saying, I am, I am, I am, going up the ski lift, getting ready to launch. Uh, I think it takes about, I don't know what I saw. I think it takes about two minutes for her to go down some of these slaloms and big slaloms, maybe three minutes. Yeah, that sounds about right. Just I am the whole time. And the amount of folk, because we're talking just a few minutes. Just a few minutes is a culmination of four years, yeah. which is a culmination of an absolute lifetime. If you if you watch her story, she started skiing as a little tiny kid, wrapped up in a three minutes. Talk about focus. That's amazing. Oh my god. It's amazing. And you know, and and when she was talking about those things creeping into her head, and yeah. I mean I can totally, you know, you can picture that and and how those little those little goblins in your head can be they can kill that focus. And right? you, you have to it, her story, her, and I believe this 100%, that you have to as much focus on what you don't let into your head as you what as you, as you focus on what you do let into your head. Because we can get really focused and, and put these physical boundaries around us to make sure that these things don't distract us. But if you just let your mind and your guard down for just a little bit, they're going to find their way in. Well, they will. And so for me, though, when, when you've got some of that in your life, trying to keep them out sometimes gets them to come in even more. I mean, so an example is if, you know, maybe you've got a family member who is, who is sick, who you're thinking of, maybe you're having some financial difficulties. Maybe you and your spouse are having some issues and, or, or your significant other are having some issues in your relationship and you try to go about your day and stay focused. But as you think, gosh, I can't think about this stuff right now. It, it, it causes it to manifest itself even more. And, and to, uh, take this onto like a little spiritual pathway. This is how a lot of people measure, not measure, uh, manage their faith is you can spend a lot of time focusing on the devil and the distractions and the things that pull us away from 
the, the good things in life and our relationship with God, or you can ignore the devil. Yeah. And, and there's something to be very, very powerful, powerfully said that we should have to ignore the negative things in our life and the distractions. I guess it's this arm, arm's length thing, right? Mm-hmm. We can't fully ignore it because if we don't stand watch to it, like we have to focus over here, but we also have to keep one eye open and keep focused over here. And this doesn't just have to do with your, your faith or it could have to do with, um, you know, for me, it's these subconscious things that happen where all of a sudden I'll say, I'm not going to check Facebook today. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to get, I'm not going to check Facebook. And then literally like, I just am looking at Facebook. Yeah. It's like, how did I, I, I don't even remember opening <laughs> the browser. Right. How did, how did this happen? It's like you're just your your mind. This this little pattern takes over in your head. It's it's kind of creeping. You're sharing a story about. Uh, I love this story. It's funny. Is it's all get out story. We we're joking about Adderall earlier. Yeah. But how sometimes we can get so focused on something, whether it be naturally or chemically induced, that it takes control over who we are. Oh, it's it's tell crazy. the story. It's a funny story. But it is a funny story. So I was uh, years ago when I was pretty new uh, to to being on Adderall, which again I'm I'm not I haven't taken it for many years now. <laughs> All the kids were doing but it. I had a uh, I had a flight to uh, to Toronto. Yeah, and the flight was canceled, and so I ended up driving up there instead. And so uh, at the airport, before I decided to, because I had to be up there early for early the next morning. And this is at like at like six at night. I. Uh, I, I took another, I'd taken an Adderall that morning. I took another one because I knew I was going to be getting tired. Yeah. So I stopped at a restaurant uh, here in Richmond. I had dinner and after I, I popped this this Adderall and I'm not recommending this to anybody, it was a mistake. Well, Asher said but, earlier, the best way is to pop, put it under your tongue. So I got into the, uh, I got into the car and I started driving. I got from Richmond, Virginia to Altoona, Pennsylvania when all of a sudden it dawned on me that I had never turned on my radio. I mean, I was so laser focused for the first what was that like six hours? How many how many how many dotted yellow lines did you count between Richmond and and because you probably could have had that number in your head? It's sort of like I don't know how else to describe it other than I was driving and all that's in your head is like is get to Toronto, get to Toronto, <laughs> get to Toronto, and and it's it's not boring and nothing right. else mattered. The problem yeah. is that it's chemically induced and that's not really the way I want to attain my uh-huh. focus if I can help Point. it. What the other side of the uh. A, the coin that we mentioned earlier is the only way I can survive these long road trips is to stay constantly distracted, especially right. from Charlottesville to Richmond. It is, it is one of the worst drives from an, an attention standpoint. It's all trees. It's like there's this tunnel that just gets created. And, and if you don't find your mind like distracted by phone calls or, I mean, you're not supposed to check the internet while you're driving, but you know, there's these other things you can do and you're like, I, I have to stay distracted in order to fulfill my mission. Oh, I do. I do too. So, you know, whether I'm, uh, whether, like you said, whether I'm on the phone or, or I'm usually doing one of two things. I'm either on the phone or I'm, I'm, I'm singing like nobody's listening and thank God they're not. Um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's how, that's how I, because you're purposely distracting yourself because yeah. focusing on the road and only the road for, unless you've topped an Adderall pill maybe is, uh, is, is not, never popped it. Not enjoyable. I the only thing I've I, I don't think this is for focus, but monster. I mean, you've got a monster here. I've seen drinking. It's like I don't drink coffee. So, but that goes back to, and I know we've got a break coming up in a minute here. But all of this goes back to I think one of the number one things about why focusing is difficult because most of us have a very difficult time focusing on things that we don't like 
to do. True. You want to focus on the things that you love, that you're passionate about, that you enjoy. And in life, we usually are focused, or very often at least, are focusing on things that, mm-hmm. that we would rather not be doing. And mm-hmm. that's what makes them so difficult. I mean, do you agree with that? Abs- absolutely. In fact, the things that we love to do the most and that we find the most pleasure with and we feel like it's in our um, our passion or mm-hmm. our calling, you don't even have to try to focus. It's not even this this effort, really. You're just living completely in the moment. And... Um, the, I guess the, the tragedy in that is we spend so much time ignoring those things that we don't want to do or trying to manage those distractions. We could, if we just would have become very focused in on them and got them out of the way, yep. we wouldn't have to worry about it. But that's hard. It is. That's hard. It reminds me of this quote I found, a five-watt a five watt light bulb can barely light up a closet, but when that same amount of energy is focused, it can cut through steel. Five watts can cut through steel? And I have no idea if that's accurate or not. <laughs> I hope we have some uh, physicist on the... Uh, on the air right now that can send us uh, a message whether that's true or not. But it makes a lot of sense, right? No, I mean, it, we disperse our energy all over the place. And at the end of the day, you go, God, I didn't get anything done. I mean, at the very least, the the sun lights our lights our world and it doesn't burn us unless, I mean, not to death, yet you can take a magnifying glass. And kill an ant. Yep. And we'll talk about that we'll one, one in a minute. Come on back, folks. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show will be right back. Now back to The Great People Show. So we're talking about focus, and uh, I just mentioned burning an ant with a magnifying glass. I was very disappointed we had to step away from that for just a few minutes because that was one of the probably highlights of my childhood was taking that magnifying glass and, and destroying small little insects with it. I think that's how a lot of serial killers get started. Hey, watch it. Not, not cool, James. Not Sorry. cool. You're Sorry. just you're just ready to create some controversy no, down here, okay. aren't you? Facts are painful. Yeah, you should tweet. You should tweet that out. <laughs> Actually, I, I never I never mentioned Twitter on the show. I never mentioned Twitter, and we um, the the quickest way to get to the show through to us is on Twitter. It's at Great People Show as a Twitter handle, and I'm investigating this really cool piece of technology that you can just click it and talk into your phone or your your laptop or wherever you're at. And leave us a message on the air. So it's the same thing as calling and leaving a message. Oh, cool. But you literally, you just you just touch it if you're on a touchscreen device or just mm-hmm. click it if you're on an iPad. And you start talking into it if you have a, a thought or comment about the show. And we're going to be implementing that pretty soon. Uh, and we could, as long as it's not wild and crazy, we'll play right. that on the show and talk about it. Because some people don't like calling radio shows. I, I understand that. Yep. And we can't catch everybody live. Yep. But we want... We want that engagement. So and you don't cool even have to, to. You don't even have to use your real name if you don't want to. You know, you, you don't, don't even have your... to use your real voice. You can get a voice synthesizer and fake everything. You could be the epitome of fake news. Be very anonymous. Do it. Well, don't do it. We can't do it yet, but we're doing it. So today we're talking about. I guess we need to get focused. We, yeah, you're we should kind get of all over focused the place. on the on, on the topic. Oh, we've been talking about the Olympics, and we've been talking about light bulbs and killing ants and all kind of. Adderall and driving to Toronto and all kind of crazy stuff. And, and that is, you know, distraction is distraction. Would distraction be the opposite of focus? I, I guess it, it could be. Uh, but you you can get focused on multiple things at one time. Mm-hmm. Not, not at the exact same time. I don't believe our brain is able to do that, that we're just bouncing between things rapidly, but that's, that is considered focus. Yeah. But distractions are really what, what mess up our focus. And we have to look at doing things in our lives to minimize the distractions. Like for me, 
a big part of my job is I, I, I put together all these business transactions and there are every one I do, I have to do a significant write up and it is just, it is just hours of, of typing. Mm. And, and I do, I get in like a zone. You're well, writing a book. I can't do that before. I can't do that before five at night because my phone rings all wow. day emails. It just, it can't work. Cause I get distracted. Oh, you physically can't. Yeah. Because yeah. it, because I get so many distractions, I get out of that, that focus zone that I have to be in to do this. So what I do is about once a week, I, I work in my office till 11 or midnight and that's when I do that work. So I have built a system that enables me to be mm-hmm. focused because I'm not, if I'm not focused, I'm going to, I'm going to screw it up. Is that your energy zone for that? Is that, is that physically the best time for you to do that where you no. are all, so when would that, like if you had nothing else to do and you could only do that, what would be the peak time that you did that work? I mean, it would be probably to start it at nine in the morning okay. and, and just okay. knock it out and, and turn off my, turn off my phone. But again, just like you, I'm in, I'm in sales. That's not, that's not realistic. And that's, that is, that, that could, I am, you're not asking for my coaching here, but I'm going to give it to your brother that maybe it is a matter of shaving so much time off of your work by putting it there that you could manage those calls some other time during the day. Just thinking about energy patterns, things of that nature. Possibly, yeah. possibly, but uh, I would have to physically turn off my phone because I can't help myself if it's ringing. So let's talk about the things that uh, really focused people do. This comes from Inc.com. Love this list. Number one, clear the noise. Remove everything that is not helpful to your objective. I, I don't think most people want to do this. I don't think most people want to put in mechanisms. I was thinking of an app. This would probably never work. But what if you had an app that laid on top of Facebook that controlled when you could actually get into Facebook? Yeah, that would be really cool. Facebook would probably frown on it. And give the key to someone else. Because if you gave yourself the key, you would you would unlock it. There's no doubt about it. But uh, having a messy desk, going places that you think you're productive, but uh, who, who here goes to a Starbucks or a Panera Bread? I've done that. It's one of the most distracting places you could oh, possibly I, go. I, 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 this is a little weird, but you know where I go to really get work done? Where's that? Lobby. Lobbies of hotels. Oh, okay. And if you go mid, like, um, uh, mid to late morning... Right. Or mid, actually mid-afternoon is kind of the best time because there's like nobody in hotels. It's, okay. it's so after nobody... checkout and before check-in. I see. So it's, it's quiet. There's very little things going on. Um, there's, and you want to pick a really nice hotel to do this because they can never tell the difference between you and someone that's actually paid <laughs> to stay there. And if you work it really well, they'll bring you free coffee. Oh, okay. It's not stealing because you don't go and drink the, the coffee. Not, they actually come and say, would you like a cup of coffee? Like, sure. Thank you. Why not? Uh, if, if you're giving out free coughing, and the really nice ones will bring you a cookie if you're into that kind of Love stuff. Love to talk after the show. So clear the noise. Go set up shop at a now, – now I've done this, and all of our listeners are going to go to the hotels that I hang out <laughs> at. Uh, number two, create a plan. Know what to do first. I think this is such a cliche. I think planning and goal setting, everyone hears it all the time, and people think they do it well, and the, uh, and the rest – say, oh, I should do that, but then nothing happens. Well, or something gets thrown into the spokes and your plan is out is out the window. I mean, you and I have talked about the uh, the Mike Tyson quote before. Yep. Once you get hit in the face. Everyone has a plan until you get punched in the you face. you get punched in the face. And, and mm-hmm. man, I don't know about you, I get punched in the face all day long. Well, that's your, that's your fault. 
it is my fault. <laughs> I, I let it. I let it happen. But I mean, every time that phone rings, if you're trying to do something else, yeah. it 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 screws with your it screws with your plan. In the 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 planning process, I use uh, there's a lot there's lots of them out there. The one that I use is by Michael Hyatt called uh, Free to it's, well it's called a Full Focus Planner. He has another program that I've not taken called Free to Focus. But the Full Focus Planner has helped me create the structure I need to stay focused on the right things at different parts of the day. So I've, I have a startup ritual in the morning, then I have a, or excuse me, I have a, a morning ritual, then a startup work ritual, then a shutdown work ritual, and then a shutdown my day ritual. And I, and I don't always accomplish the ritual, but I know what I should be doing so that whether or not I came up short or not, and if I don't do these things often enough, I see it. It, it manifests itself. Interesting. And then I have a, a, a weekly review that I go through, and I double entry my tasks on on the important things. So I have it written in front of me, and it's also electronic. I love electronic, but it's not always in front of you. The, the planner's laid out in front of me. I, I can see what I should be working on, and in, it's not a distraction. Seeing, being reminded several times a day that I need to do this is actually what helps me get focused. Because if I just see it once, I can't tell you how many times at the end of the day. I go, oh my gosh, I can't believe I forgot that. But it's on my task list on my computer. It's on my task list on my phone. I can actually see it on my Apple Watch. James, it's everywhere. And I still miss stuff. Yeah. And and you have to be so committed to it. I've got a, a good friend I've mentioned him before. Boy, I wish uh, wish we could have gotten him in here today. He's a, he's a well-known uh, business owner mm-hmm. uh, here in Richmond. Very, very successful. And he has, and I didn't even know this was, there were people that, that do this. He has a business coach that he pays Tens of thousands, it's like an employee, pays tens of thousands tens. of dollars a year. And this person makes him accountable for every minute of his day. Mind-boggling. This person checks in with him by phone at least four times a day. The calendar is shared. And this person, every minute of his day is accounted for, and he follows it. And wow. for him, for me, I think I would go crazy. Yeah. For him, it works. And he's there when his kids get home from school every day because he's so focused, part of his goal was, hey, I want to be able to be home by four o'clock every afternoon. And he is. There's some severe codependency issues there. I don't know that this is healthy for him. Mm-hmm. I understand it's productive mm-hmm. and you get results. I was having lunch with uh, with a coach earlier this week and we were both talking when we coach, we put a six-month stake in the ground and say, if we do a good job, you shouldn't need me in six months mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. That yep. we'll check in with each other and I'll, I'll help you maybe get regrounded on some things. But if you're still working with someone day in and day out, month after month, year after year, that is codependency. And you will not be able to survive without that person around. That's and, that's destructive. And that's, I, I'm, I'm, I certainly wouldn't argue against that. This, this person, much like me, is they are by their nature very easily distracted. They're yeah. a big picture person. They have mm-hmm. trouble focusing. Mm-hmm. And, and this has been the only thing that has worked for them. For me, it would kill all of my happiness. And I, we don't I couldn't that. be happy. I couldn't, I couldn't be happy. And, and we talked about earlier that, that it is a lot easier to focus on the things that you enjoy in life. But I also wouldn't want to spend my whole life focused on things that are driving yeah, me up the wall. You have to get something, you have to get something on track. Yeah. I, I'm okay with getting off track because that means something was on track. Yep. And, and when we come back from break, we're going to be talking more about this focus, work through the rest of this list on what successful focused people do. And we're going to ending, uh, end, ending today's show with a, uh, a, a nice gift to our audience, uh, memory, uh, in memory of 
Billy Graham, who passed away yesterday. So come on back, folks. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show will be right back. Now back to The Great People Show live. All right, folks, focus in on us. Focus in on The Great People Show because we're talking about focus today. We are. And how important it is. And this topic came about mainly because of the Olympics right now. Mm-hmm. And, and they are the most successful in their, in their sport and have dedicated most of their life to what they're doing. And uh, we're running through a list on what the most really successful people do. And I, I see this in, in all the Olympic athletes that are hitting gold or right. silver or bronze. And um, number three is set up clear compensation. I think that's another missing piece on our focus is we don't reward ourselves for accomplishing what we want to accomplish and being focused in on the right things. Sometimes that reward is very natural. The feeling of success, the feeling of building a great relationship with someone, it just gets built into it. Um, Number four, create a routine. We've talked about that, that being disorganized can can be the cause of distraction, stress, and inefficiency. Um, Number five, and I, I think a lot of people have trouble with this one, is work methodically. I don't know that that many of us work methodically. We think we work methodically, but I don't work methodically. I have no method to my madness, really. I don't either. I I, I'm have. all over the place. I never, I never have. I mean, I, I wish, I wish I could. I need to. I've tried and I've failed every time yeah. I've tried. Well, then let's move on to the next one. It's <laughs> live in, live in the now. Uh, focused people are present in the moment. Yeah. Uh, Dale Carnegie said, remember, today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. Yep. That most of us don't live in the, the real moment. Yep. That we're, we're very focused in more on the future and thinking ahead. And we let the, the past drag us down like an anchor because rarely are we sitting and daydreaming about all the awesome things that have happened in our past. Right. It's a nagging feeling of all the negative things that happened in our past. And we stop living in the moment. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think we all have our moments. I, I, I generally look back in the past, you know, happy, uh, you know, with mm-hmm. good memories. Mm-hmm. But no, I think that we spend most of our day thinking about how what we're doing today is affecting tomorrow. And again, you just naturally get focused on, on what's coming down the road. Mm-hmm. That's a huge one. Mm-hmm. That's a huge one. Um, you know, life passes you by if, if you're not living in the present. Yep. Full of regrets. We've talked about that on yep. the show. Uh, no second guessing. This was really evident in that interview clip that we played with Michaela, mm-hmm. um, the, the gold medalist, how she gets really focused on, uh, on what her task is and doesn't allow other people, or she has to work really hard, I should say, to not allow what other people think she should do. But what's interesting, though, is a, a big driver for her is knowing that if I don't do this today, if I don't do it this minute, if I don't spend this hour doing this, that there's someone else out there spending just a few extra minutes each day that could beat her. Yeah. So there, there, in a way, there has to be some sort of a comparison to other people that you're competing with. I don't know that many of us are competing with other people like Olympic athletes are, that our success and failure is based on milliseconds. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I would think you've just got to look at it. You're, you're competing with yourself. Good point. Right? That's an excellent point. That are, you, are you better than you were yesterday? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. If if I'm trying to be better than be better than JJ, if I mean, that that's that's fine. But the real question is, am I am I better? Am I am I being better than myself? And I know Olympic athletes 
are measuring themselves because they have to on how well or not as well someone else is doing in comparison to them because you've got the gold, silver, bronze thing. But as we said earlier, that may be only a few minutes once every four years. The rest of that competition is you. Right. Is getting just a little bit better. I don't, do you think about that though? I mean, do you really consciously think about besting your, your, your own performance? No. I, I, I'm a, I, I mean, I compare myself to other people, which is, which is, I think that's the human nature. Mm-hmm. Right? True. But it's probably not the most effective way for us to look at it. And number eight on this list, which is probably my most favorite, is to embrace failure. Mm-hmm. Really focus people quickly assess their failures to learn from their bad assumptions and actions. And yeah. the embracing the failure is knowing failure is going to happen. Um, you don't expect it, but you accept it. You accept that failure is a part of the process and that the any ounce, any second, any millisecond that you invest in negative thoughts or anguish over failure is just something that's distracting you from the goal. And most people quit. Most people do quit. And we're all going to have failures to some extent. There are, But there are so many stories out there about these people, and I don't care if it's athletics or business or, or what have you, mm-hmm. that have failed, I mean, have gone to the bottom, you know, rock bottom below what you can even imagine in your own life and have come back stronger than ever mm-hmm. uh, from, that, from that failure. It's a tough quality to have, but those that do, uh, it, mm-hmm. it can, like you said, it, it, embracing that can be a huge, huge advantage. And for some, that brings in more focus to achieve success or to, to achieve that goal, that the failure is what kind of regrounds you into saying, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go after this. Yeah. Uh, I thought, I thought I wanted it bad before, but now I want it even more, that that becomes a motivating factor kind of to what, to what you just said. And um, the one thing I think we get really caught up in is focusing on the small things that lead to the big things. Um, the, the, the end goal will be less daunting if you focus on accomplishing the smaller goals along the way. And I, um, I found some quotes here from former Olympic athletes, Gus Kenworthy, stay focused, stay on track, but also don't focus too much on the end goal. So here's a guy that was focusing on the, on the day by day, the minute by minute, knowing that if I just do these core things, it will lead to success. And I, and, and, and if you have those measuring sticks every day, you'll know, like I've got, I've got various goals. I, I, I have a goal of reading 52 books this year. That's one a week. I know exactly what I need to read every day or listen to on audio to accomplish that goal. So I know every single day if I'm behind or if I'm ahead, I need to get focused. Yeah. And, and sometimes that focus is natural. I'm on pace. I'm going to stay in the groove. Sometimes I'm behind. I need to get more focused on something. I need to move some things out of the way. Um, and in the Olympics, things are very focused on win-lose, right? If I expect to get a gold and I get a silver, I've lost even though Michaela last night did, or yesterday, depending on what time zone you're talking about, did get a silver. Mm-hmm. And I think this was her final event. She didn't get gold. And she she was very proud of the silver. Right. And As she should be. Most of, I, I would be a little proud of a silver medal. Yeah, I mean, just okay. a little, right? Um, but if, if, we try to, if we try to spin too much into accomplishing the whole thing the right way, and, and well, all that was for naught, I think that actually leads us into wanting to be less focused later because we've, we've already believed that all this focus led to nothing. It always leads to something. It, not, it may not be what you want it to lead to, but it leads to something. And we've talked about this on the show so many times about how our focus 
needs to be on other people. And as I look at my day, I can, I can track everything that I do, hopefully back to helping someone else. But sometimes it's not direct. It's incredibly indirect. Like being on the show right now, no one's walking into the studio and telling me how much their life has been changed according to the show. I have a belief. I have a faith that what I'm doing right now, what we are doing right now, all the time and expense we go through to do this is leading to someone else being better, leading a better life, being more focused on what they need to be doing. And a a person that I have admired, I have uh, just always looked up to was Billy Graham. Mm -hmm. And he passed away yesterday at the age of 99. I never saw Billy Graham in person. I did see Franklin Graham. I was trying to think about this. It was about Mm -hmm. 15 years ago. I went to a Franklin Graham crusade uh, in Salem, Virginia, and was very moved by it. And um, when we, we don't talk a lot about this on the show. We talk about kind of like issues on the show. We don't talk about people on the show. That a part of our modeling process, a part of our framework is to make sure that um, we are we are kind of comparing ourselves to gr- pe- people that we would feel greater than ourselves mm-hmm. in, in one way or short, one way, form, or another. And one of those guys is Billy Graham. And I'm going to read you a, um, a story that I picked up years ago from, from about Billy Graham. Billy Graham had Parkinson's disease. In January of 2000, leaders in Charlotte, North Carolina, invited their favorite son, Billy Graham, to a luncheon in his honor. Billy initially hesitated to accept the invitation because he struggles with Parkinson's disease. But the Charlotte leader said, we don't expect a major address, just come and let us honor you. So he agreed. After wonderful things were said about him, Dr. Graham stepped to the rostrum, looked at the crowd and said, I'm reminded today of Albert Einstein, the great physicist who this month has been honored by Time Magazine as the man of the century. Einstein was once traveling from Princeton on a train when the conductor came down the aisle, punching the tickets of every passenger. When he came to Einstein, Einstein reached in his vest pocket. He couldn't find his ticket, so he reached in his trouser pockets. It wasn't there, so he looked in his briefcase but couldn't find it. Then he looked at the seat beside him. He still couldn't find it. The conductor said, Dr. Einstein, I know who you are. We all know who you are. I'm sure you bought the ticket. Don't worry about it. Einstein nodded appreciatively. The conductor continued down the aisle, punching tickets. As he was ready to move to the next car, he turned around and saw the great physicist down on his hands and knees looking under his seat for his ticket. The conductor rushed back and said, Dr. Einstein, Dr. Einstein, don't worry. I know who you are. No problem. You don't need a ticket. I'm sure you bought one. Einstein looked at him and said, young man, I too know who I am. What I don't know is where I'm going. (laughs) Having said that, Billy Graham continued, see the suit I'm wearing? It's a brand new suit. My wife, my children, my grandchildren are telling me I've gotten a little slovenly in my old age. I used to be a bit more fastidious. So I went out and bought a new suit for this luncheon and one more occasion. You know what that occasion is? This is the suit in which I'll be buried. But when you hear I'm dead, I don't want you to immediately remember the suit I'm wearing. I want you to remember this. I not only know who I am, I also know where I'm going. And to close today's show, we're going to listen to a little bit of Billy Graham. Thank you all for being here today. What must I do to have eternal life? The greatest problem in the world today is sin. What causes people to hate and lust and have greed? It's sin. It's a disease that we all have. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You've missed the mark. You've broken the law on your way to spiritual death and eternal death and to judgment. 
But Jesus said, I can do something about that. I can change your life. I can make you a new person. Jesus demanded that we make a choice. He says there are two roads of life, the broad road and the narrow road, and you must choose. There are two destinies, heaven and hell. Which road are you on? Which master are you serving? I don't have to be judged. I don't have to go to hell. I don't have to be lost. My soul has been redeemed. I'm going to heaven. But I've got to first repent of my sin and receive Christ as my Lord and my Savior. You have to repent of your sins. That means to be willing to change your way of living. You may have no power to do it, but if you surrender to Christ, he'll give you the power. How many of you here tonight are broken, fed up, but you don't know what to do? You give your life to Christ tonight and you will have supernatural help in breaking those chains that bind you. God's not waiting to judge you. God's not waiting to condemn you. He's waiting to receive you with mercy, with love, with open arms and forgive all your sins. You know, there only comes a few times in our lives when Jesus of Nazareth passes by and we have an opportunity like we have tonight to receive him. You may never have a tomorrow as far as God is concerned. There are people here tonight that may never be alive tomorrow. You may never hear the gospel again like this or your heart may not be this tender toward God. Come while you can and don't put it off. God is waiting to welcome you with open arms to receive you as you come to him in repentance and faith. Simple and yet could be life-changing tonight. And all of heaven will rejoice.